Hello, Sam, and welcome to the Swift Talk. Hello, Kate. Welcome to the Swift Talk. We are in a new year, but everybody else is settling in nicely to January. Very true, very true. We hope. We're here on a, a cold Portsmouth morning. Yeah, it's chilly out. At our wonderful little independent radio station. It's so much cooler than yours. It is. WSCA, all the way. <laughs> if that's not their slogan, it is today. As their flagship podcast, we've decided. WSCA, all the way radio. <laughs> anyway, moving forward, how was your New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve was uh, a smooth, polished, worked all year to get ready for that one day where it is full throttle, go, 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 serve everyone with smiles and carbonara, and it was a, it was a good night. There you go. Yeah. How was your New Year's? Um, wild. So busy. Yeah. I saw you leaving at 11.57, and I believe you said traumatizing? Yeah. I was leaving work at 11.57. <laughs> it's the last time you saw that. Never. Yeah. It was fine. Customers are lovely, and they just ordered and ordered and ordered and ordered. It's exhausting. It's weird how restaurants are be like that sometimes. I know. I actually had to work. Ugh, what? I don't pity you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're kind of going back into the holidays today. A little bit, a little bit. Tis the damn season. I know nothing about this. I know season and tis. Those seem to ring out holidays for me. Okay. Yeah. Off Evermore, mm -hmm. the most recent Taylor Swift album, original album, mm -hmm. new, yeah. The most recent original album. Non-re-record. A surprise album, which is why everyone thinks we're going to get surprises. We'll get into it. Mm -hmm. All right, so today we're going to hit pause, we're going to queue up, tis the damn season. You should do the same, and then we'll be back to chat about it. Let's do this. All right. Well, Sam. Well, well, well. Tis the damn season. Tis the damn season. Write this down. I actually have heard this song once before. Oh. Last year around the time this album came out. The song? Oh. Or at least last year for me. Yeah. Heard this song. It was on a six disc changer album, uh, radio. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Heard this song. Yeah. Heard the person singing along. Yeah. And uh, feel fairly similar about it now as I did then. Traumatized? No. <laughs> Let me out. Let me out of this car. Let's get into it. All right. Well, so Tis the Damn Season is actually a sister song to another one on this album called Dorothea. 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 Mm -hmm. So this song is written from Dorothea's perspective. Mm -hmm. And then as you move forward in the album, you get the gentleman who she's singing to in this song's mm -hmm. perspective on Dorothea. Because in this, I'm very much just in uh, singing quality and in lyric quality. It's, you know, two people lived lived in the same hometown. One of them had to take off. And it was kind of like that. She went off to Hollywood. Yeah. That longing for each other-ish. Like, I think he's, he was hung up on her. Maybe. And they're kind of like. get to Dorothea to find that one out. Definitely. I'm just going by this impression. I definitely know I haven't heard Dorothea. <laughs> you probably have. Probably have. I've definitely put that into a back prison chamber in my brain. My <laughs> smooth koala brain. Of, oh God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, it's it's funny because um, it's yeah going to Hollywood. It definitely has West Coast guitar vibes to it. it has a yeah. bit of like that, you know, California into Vegas and Nevada like. 
it's a showgirl song. I'm not. No, I'm, like <laughs> it, it has like uh, the Kings of Leon fought vibe. It has it has just like a, a it, like a a twang to it that has. I, I get California. Jason is uh, both shaking and nodding his head at me. I'm not sure about that Kings of Leon. I'm not sure either. Yeah. That, that I don't sure get Kings about. of Leon. A couple at all. Th- two things that, uh, from your producer's point of view, over here on the other side of the glass, um, two things I was thinking about. Well, actually, maybe three things. One is it sounds like it's almost like um, hometown crush. Like when you go back, when you when you leave for college and you come back, usually come back around Thanksgiving and everyone hangs out in the old hometown at bar, you know, to catch up after high school, and it feels like it's something like that where they're having that crush mm-hmm. or they're reconnecting with somebody now that she's back at her parents' house for the holidays, she might see so-and-so and feel something for that person. Two, that, uh, there's that lyric that hints at um, the truck tires, the mud on the truck tires. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me, or not reminds me, but it hints back to her countryside of music. Because that's a lyric that would be, you know, mud on my truck tires. That'd be something in of a country song, not of a pop song. I doubt Madonna, Michael Jackson, anybody would be writing, talking about mud on their truck tires. It's also a reminder of knowing where you've been. Like it's collecting that. where you're from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the third thing I want to mention is... It's, it's almost like it's against what she normally, she's into having relationships. And when she's talking about just having a, a weekend thing, that's really like, to me, it feels like it's against everything that she's about. So my theory on this song. That's, is, all, that's all I got to say. This is, kind. so we started with Tim McGraw. This is Tim McGraw that she's now looking back at that relationship in her thirties and she, he's still in the hometown. She sees him when she gets home, they have this nostalgic moment. And now here they are like, I am here for the weekend, even though I'm leaving. Like this is a very finite amount of time that she's, this is going to happen. And then it's over. Yeah. It's a super concentrated relationship. Yeah. It's kind of just a like, I'm back. This is comfortable and familiar, and I need a little bit of that comfort and familiar right now. But I'm not going to ask you to wait if you don't ask me to stay. Like, don't think this is more than it is. It just seems like this is completely opposite of what all of her other, I'm going to say, diss tracks are about. I think that she's telling a story. I think this is her really and folklore and evermore. You're really seeing her get away from it being about Taylor or rooted in Taylor's life. This is just a story. And then she has both sides of it. So you get his side and the next one and you know, they're in Tupelo, Mississippi and they're reconnecting over the holidays and the holidays are festive and you start to kind of look back and with wonderment of what could have been or what would have been if you had stayed exactly where you were when you were 18. And now here you are in your thirties in very different places, but. So how can you and Sam have a discussion about this song without hearing the other song or the other point of view? How, how can you have an accurate discussion about it then i mean i'm not sure that's that's actually a great point 
Did we hit pause again? Did we throw a curveball in? I was going to say, uh, by relating it to Robert Frost and the road not taken, but sure, let's go into Dorothea. You're supposed to relate it to Robert Frost of and the road not taken. Of course you are, because how could you not see that in the lyrics? <laughs> I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is the road not taken. Uh-huh. Two roads diverge in a yellow wooden, sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long yeah, I stood and looked down one afar as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. It's like, yeah, she could either go to... LA and try to become an actress or it could be maybe start a relationship here in my hometown and grow internally but not have that growth of like a career and these advancements she wants the adventure she wants the unknown she wants the we road less taken yeah we need to hit pause because right. you need the whole perspective if if Dorothy as, as if your, Dorothy is somewhere over the rainbow I'm gonna lose it as your producer I would suggest that you hit pause and play the other song so you can have a accurate well, and complete dialogue about both sides. So, And it's queued up, so let's go for it. Cue it up. All right, guys. Now you get to hit. It's a two-for-one episode today. Please send Scotch. He's fine. All right. So hit pause. We'll be right back. Okay, yeah. I've, I heard this song, too. Yeah, and you've, you've heard this whole album. Locked in the car. <clears throat> let's get into it. Again. All right. So now we've heard both. Mm-hmm. We've heard... Tis the damn season and Dorothea. We've got both perspectives. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? All right. Dorothea, male perspective. Yeah. Uh, very, very much. Um, if I'm just looking at this solo as opposed to, and we'll get into the side by side. Which this? Uh, Where Dorothea. Okay. Dorothea. Uh, I, I think I know it's a motif of this whole album where it's. um stripped down when it comes to instrumentals like we, at first it was we had the the guitar slight effects to it and like a background metallic drum beat slight orchestral i was hearing in dorothea in in tis the damn season okay in this it's very much i think when because we're doing two songs you have to say yeah okay in the the, tis song, the damn I, I, tis the damn season electric guitar metallic drum slight stripped down and this very much piano is prominent for me it mm-hmm. feels like upright piano yeah, probably. And again, stripped down like slight percussion, uh, very much just everything blending together. But Taylor's at the up, uh, the the front most when it comes to her singing. Uh, it very much feels like uh, this is somebody. This who, is Dorothea's song. I you, <laughs> no no, no you I get keep, it. Okay. Like, shape shifting in Dorothea. Into thank you. Which has piano focused, slight percussion. Taylor at the front. Yeah. Male perspective. Yeah. It's someone looking at her through the majority of the time. It's either memories or TV screen. They can still see them. Yep. You can sell me anything because they're Hollywood. So they're, they're in commercials. They're in their TV shows. They're, they're in on this. magazines. And, you know, are you still the same person that I met underneath the bleachers? Like, is it still like, are you still that same person? I can see some of that in you. Mm-hmm. But what's your soul like? Like, w- if I were to be in a room with you, would I still be like, ah, high school? Or to be like, you're an entirely different person. But still looking at this person with fondness, with a clarity, with a uh, not quite longing in the sense of like heartache, heartbreak, I need you, I miss you, why aren't you here? But like uh, inquiry. Like just like I, I'm very interested in the puzzle that would be like, what would it be like to be around you again? And I, I agree with that. Yeah, I do too. It, okay. sounds, it sounds like he's... He's very much interested in this person. Yeah. Um, but 
he's just being curious. Are you going to be the same person that I, that left here? Well, that, has that I remember in these scenarios, or are you this otherworldly person? And this definitely doesn't sound like Kings of Leon. It sounds like <laughs> more doesn't. like the Lumineers. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like it would have fit great on like the Garden State soundtrack. Yes. There's a, a couple things if we're going to start going into the side by side. There's a line in Tis the Zam season and wonder about the only soul who can tell which smiles I'm faking. Mm-hmm. And then there's a side by side line in Dorothea, which is. But it's never too late to come back to my side. The stars in your eyes shine brighter in Tupelo. And it's the idea of, okay, which smiles am I faking in? Tis the damn season. Because either I'm acting or I need to act on camera. Because it could be the interview. It could be the TV show. It could be whatever. Which is authentic? Which is it faking? Mm -hmm. And then it's in Dorothea. You seemed happier here. Your eyes never shine brighter than they did in Tupelo. Yep. It's well because you're looking at so Dorothea is like I you knew me back then you know the real me you knew who I was before I was famous before I had all of the things that come along with fame so you knew me at probably the most pure is that still me don't know he is looking at it where he's like I still see you you're still everywhere I can't really escape you but you were never happier than when you were here. So you should just come back here Mm -hmm. and be with me. And she's like, no, no, this is my world now. And it's interesting because I mean, I think both of us can say we're fortunate enough where like, we don't have exes (laughs) who you walk into the grocery store and you see them on a magazine. Like you can kind of like maybe wonder, but you're not reading about where their lives are or Mm -hmm. what the, the trajectory of their relationships are because I'm, you're not reading it or seeing it on TV or exposed to it all the time. You kind of get to be like, Oh, I hope they're doing well. Right. Bye. But, or I hope they're not doing well. depends on where you are in the breakup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in, so it's gotta be, it's a very interesting dynamic that she's playing out here where you have the person that didn't want to leave, didn't want to go with her to Hollywood, wanted to stay in their hometown, make their life, have the life they knew. Me, one may say the life that was comfortable Mm -hmm. and she decided to jump out out of her little fishbowl into the big ocean and she's swimming along delightfully avoiding fishermen and she's happy with her life she wouldn't change it but she does like to kind of go back and revisit and she knows he's going to be there yeah it's a different type of fuel keeping her flame alive yeah. It is this career, the adventure, this great unknown of like, do I take this giant risk and chance of going out to Hollywood, going out west, away from my hometown, trying something, mm-hmm. versus I could have just stayed here and had a sure thing. Yeah, and I th- so I think when she, if you when you go back to Tis the Damn Season and she's in there, she gets a kind of view of what her life would be like if she had stayed, and she's like, oh, it could be yours for the weekend. Right. But uh, I'm leaving. <laughs> I won't ask you to wait if you don't ask me to stay. It's not a wait for me to come back home again. I won't say that if you don't say stay here forever. Right. Is this a fictional story or do you think there is um, a boy that she did have a fling with in her hometown that it's really about? I really think that this is a moving like the next chapter of the Tim McGraw song. So like 
I hope you think of me fondly, but we're not together anymore. And like, he's still, I think, probably in her hometown of Pennsylvania. And she is now Taylor Swift. And so when she goes back there, if she sees him, what is that dynamic like now? That's my theory. I don't know how true that is. I haven't seen anything that supports it from Taylor's quotes, but yeah, that's just kind of how I like to think that like all of her music kind of, kind of comes back in relates a little more country, a little less pop. I have a good friend who uh, essentially for the past 12 years or more has been touring with trans Siberian orchestra. She started off as just cool. a dancer on stage and now she's been dancing and singing and rocking her face off and, she tours, you know, it's only two months a year for the holiday Trans-Siberian Orchestra big tour, but she has steady work year-round. I've been watching her just, like, progress and, like, tour the country, go through Canada, do all these awesome things. And I don't have the, oh, well, if you came back to New Hampshire, I could definitely make you happy. Like, I'm watching this person get married, meet the love of her life, doing all these things, touring. And it's like, wow, like, that's so awesome that you had the chance to leave New Hampshire to do all these things, to like reside in the big cities now, whether New York or LA, but like be able to tour and grow and expand and do these things that none of us in high school could ever dream of doing. Like you got out, you did it. You got out of Manchester, you got out of New Hampshire. It's cool to see that. It's not like a jilted, uh, jaded lover being like, oh, I wish you weren't doing good or, oh, I wish you were back here. But it's nice seeing like, yeah, you're doing your thing. That's awesome. So I don't have the X from... Okay. The small town. Okay. I have the, oh, yeah, you were a friend in high school, and now, boom, you're like, you've blown up. That's awesome. So I don't have that. I don't have the, you you made a mention of the. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. About, we don't have to see our exes. Yeah. Yeah. So are you looking at me like I have four heads for some reason? Oh. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to connect the dots. I'm, I'm trying to, I got lost halfway through this. So this is the road not taken. To Robert, Fr- I'm, I'm sorry, I was just. No, re- no, I get it. I'm just trying to. I, I don't know where we're going. I'm along for the ride. Okay. We're on a road to nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Jump on inside. Oh, fantastic. Taking our time to nowhere. You know I love chaos. Um <laughs> All right. So you So you're looking at it kind of from the Dorothea perspective where you're like, Good for you. You got if out. If I was there. looking at Dorothea solo, yeah, good for you. You got out you're there, you did this. It's like good for you. Yeah. If I'm looking at them side by side, there's a realism and there's a delusion to both songs well yeah and it's equal it's just equal flat out yeah and it's it's nice i think i enjoy dorothea better than tis the damn season okay i think jason agreed with you i don't think that either one are complete shakes nor are they complete offs this is not a genre that you sad girl Taylor is not a genre that you guys have seemed to relate it to in any of the songs we've listened to. Well, it's hard to get into the genre of sad girl Taylor when there's only one artist putting it out and we have a limited time to hear these songs and we're only allowed to listen to it once a week. That sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. (laughs) I'm not allowed to listen. I do not have control of your, well, you don't have Spotify, but I'm not in control of your iPhone, just your Instagram account. Oh, speaking of, just a little detour. But Jason, there's this um, account on Instagram called Peeing in Portsmouth where they rate bathrooms throughout town. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of speculation that it's Sam. It's not Sam. It's I know not it's me. not Sam. I know it's not Sam. 
I run Sam's Instagram account. I, I know who it is. Oh. I figured because we got a Swift Talk shout out in one of the captions. It's not me, though, but I <laughs> definitely know who it is. It's your wife. No. <laughs> but there's like so much speculation in the restaurant industry about who it is, how, like, who, who knows them. For a while, they thought it was me making you do it. Then they thought it was you. Then for New Year's, they posted a whole like thing about their different messages that they've gotten about who they are. And you've gotten in there a couple times. <laughs> don't worry. You responded on Instagram. I'll never tell. You don't know. Yeah. Sam is way too busy to be playing on the internet. <laughs> as the as one of the unofficial mayors of Portsmouth, I think it's due diligence that I bring in a little segue that I really You're want to tie. You're an unofficial mayor of Portsmouth? Yeah. Everyone keeps calling me the mayor of Portsmouth. Who? People at work mostly. Who? Peter? Doug. And okay. Peter. People who don't live in Portsmouth? Yeah. Okay. That's why, that's why I say full-heartedly unofficial. One of the. So, a official in 1955 mayor of Hollywood, unfortunately passed away on New Year's Eve, Betty White. Uh, this is what I want to get into real quick, and I want to get your perspective on this. Betty White's passed away. 2018, Guinness Book of World Records, longest active career in television and Hollywood. She's done... So many television shows, so many movies, so many noble works. She was a, a pioneer on and off the screen. And she had a long life. She had a long career mm -hmm. in this. And I yeah. see some trajectories that Taylor Swift has the same with when it comes to music and her life and her, her, her activeness. Could you see Taylor Swift being one of the longest active music artists? Or do you ah. think, do you think, not, I'm not saying like she has to, I'm not saying like it's needed. Is it possible? Is it possible? I don't know. I think there are so many people, because you've got to take into account Paul McCartney. You have to take into account um, Michael Jackson, when he, how old he was when he started to when he passed away. Like there's, I think it might be a little easier to be a musician, to have these incredibly long careers because you have that a little more flexibility once you start to build your catalog. She could have her own record label if she wanted to. Like, mm -hmm. She has so many more ways to continue to create content where I think a Betty White was at the mercy of getting a role. Like if it wasn't Golden Girls for specifically casting for that mm -hmm. age group or Hot in Cleveland specifically. Yeah. She was so typecast as a dirty grandmother at the end. And that's why I think it, it's so much easier acting-wise to have this long career because people not are creating women. the content for not you. Not for women. Look at look at the women as they age, and what roles they're given. If you aren't, if you're forty-five and you don't want to play the grandmother, you can play a teacher in Hogwarts. You can play a badass assassin in one of the Fast and the Furious movies. They don't know who. Like, let's think about this. Like, what roles are you seeing Julia Roberts in now? What roles are you seeing a Sandra Bullock in now? Like, what roles are you seeing like, Meryl Streep gets very few roles. I mean, right now she's got her Netflix movie, but that's Meryl Streep. What are you seeing Sally Field in? What are you seeing these women? What kind of content are they creating for them? Because they're not creating James Bond for women where you're in your 50s and you're 
still out there saving the world. You're not Tom Cruise. Well, You're I mean, not even Tom Hanks. I mean, Ju- what is Rita Wilson getting? Judy Dench has been in. Well, if we look at the past eight, six or seven of the past James Bond movies. Yeah, playing an old lady. Who's in charge of the entire British intelligence. Yeah, that's the same role she always plays. She's typecast into playing a old lady British leader. British intelligence. She is old. Well, yeah, but she wasn't always old. She's not going to play a teenager. Yeah, but not for the last eight movies. <laughs> no, like... Let's get it. Hold on. No. You're they're typecast. You're just, you're gonna let George Clooney be the love interest to a twenty eight year old woman, but you're not gonna have a Meryl Streep be a love interest to I don't know. Isn't there a whole movie where she was gonna hook up with Jack Nicholson instead of hooks up with Keanu Reeves? One okay, I mean like, that's not the norm though. Um, I mean Harold and Maude is a romantic. He's twenty and she's eighty seven. Two. Ah. Uh, there's a whole sub movie in what movie is this? It's like Jack Black and I think Betty White, where there's this is a sub movie and this is two of them trying to get together. And it's laughable. <laughs> because it's a very funny moment. It's not it's not uh it also, Betty White. Also, in that movie with Jack Nicholson and Keanu Reeves, she picked Jack Nicholson. Right. Cause it's Jack Nicholson and he gets typecast into Keanu Reeves. Yeah, of course. I, Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. Okay, that that's very different. But I think we're we're getting a little sidetracked. But I think it is it's easier acting wise because the content is being created for the person but as opposed have... to being the artist and having to create all the content. It's easier to burn. I'm out. on the other side of that. Let's go back to Taylor Swift. <laughs> for the folks at home, this is a podcast about Taylor Swift. Um. What I have to say about this whole conversation is is that I do think that when we look later on in the history of music, she might be the first woman that has had the longest continuous career. Yeah. Because the people that you think about in music right now that are women, Madonna, uh, Britney Spears, Pink, people like that, they've had a career, then it's kind of like fallen off a little bit. Then they come back. With Taylor, it's been continuous. Mm -hmm. And if she can continue this for a longer time, she will be the first woman to have the longest career, I think. Michael Jackson had a long career, but he passed away. Young. That screwed it all up Mm -hmm. for him. You know, Paul McCartney in the Beatles, you know, he has had a long career from the Beatles into his solo projects. Yes, um, I was know. just watching a documentary on Clive Davis last night and it's interesting to see the artists that you that are still out there and they're still kind of active like a Patti Smith or a Carly Simon and you're like okay well are we did we decide that we don't want to be creating music anymore did we burn out or did your record company say I don't like the directions you're going and we're not doing this anymore like where, like, I think Taylor has been fortunate and privileged enough to build an empire. So now she tells the record company, "Oh, hey, by the way, I'm releasing an album tomorrow night. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it." Oh, hey, by the way, I'm re-recording all of my albums. People will buy them. Don't worry about it. Right. 
And she has that driver's seat, which I don't think we've really seen in an artist in either a very long time or ever that she's able to dictate to her record company, this is what's happening, this is what I'm doing, and enjoy the ride. There's a paradigm shift in the music world right now, and she's, she's an example of how things are changing in this, in this day and age. And it's a good thing, I think. I think so, too. And she's, it might help her career to be, you know, she's, to grow. She's positioned herself for a very long time about being kind of a trailblazer for other artists because she can. She pulled all of her music off Spotify because they weren't paying appropriately. And she can take the hit. It's not 0.3 cents, 5 cents, not a huge difference to her bottom line, really. But it is to an independent creator who's out there just trying to get enough gas money to make it to their next show. You know, it's interesting to see how she, and then she wrote a letter and she said, this is why you can't have my music. And I went from my Spotify account to an Apple Music account until Spotify got their act together and then I went back to Spotify. But it's been an intro, I think Taylor's longevity is going to be that they study her as a businesswoman. And I am fascinated to see where she takes her empire. And maybe it's not music maybe it's not music that she's singing or creating, but I definitely think her career while evolving is definitely rooted in the business of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Maybe she'll open up her own theme park called Christmas Tree Farm. Uh I don't think I mean I I Dolly I don't know if she could compete with Dolly. Dollywood? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She could I mean she could. She can do anything she wants, but it's a, but I think it's really interesting because we're seeing her even musically and lyrically with this shift, where she's like, "I'm going to put in songs that ha- tell a story, and they're not back to back songs, but I, my fourth track is going to be "Tis the Damn Season," and you're going to get this story from Dorothea's side, and we're going to go on through the album a little bit, and then you're going to get to Dorothea, and you're going to hear the other side of this story, and. What does that do to the album? What does that do to my fans? Is it freeing now for her to be able to tell stories that have nothing to do with her, where she's just a storyteller? Is Taylor Swift going to be writing novels next? No, I mean, I, I definitely feel like with what, with what I've heard from the, the the two newest albums, she's in the pocket creatively. She can do more than just her own autobiographical stuff. She can write whatever she wants to. And she's got a niche of it being... Uh, with this cottage core music, it's kind of like novella songs. It's little beach reading songs. It doesn't have to just be about her mm-hmm. life and you can read into it what you want to, but it's, you know, it's romantic. It, it's. Well, she's creating like this universe of characters cause we've done August. So you got a little bit of Betty James love triangle. And now we've got the Dorothea. We don't have a name for the unnamed hometown hero, but Hank, Hank, you want to call him Hank? Dorothy yeah. and Hank? Mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be a John, J-O-N. Yeah, but I could see a Dorothy and a John getting together, not a Dorothy and a Hank. <laughs> I would have I stayed with you, but your name is Hank. I think that it's, um, she, she is being very creative when writing music that is coming from a different perspective than her own. Um, it reminds me of John Mayer when he wrote Walt Grace's Submarine Test. He, he said that was the first song that he wrote that came from, you know, fiction. 
that it wasn't something that was personal in his in, a, mm-hmm. in his life. As well as the Lumineers, there's a couple songs that they write from a different, like the a female's perspective, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a male singer. So I that was the first time I actually in my head thought of it, and then I went back to other songs later. That I I think it's in, it's being very creative when you're doing that. Yeah. I, and it's hard to do that because you're not, if she's, I mean, she's female, you're not male. How, like, how are you, like, how do you thinking, like, like we think, Sam and I, Yeah. you know? Mental gymnastics. It, yeah. So it's interesting. Like well, Hall and Oates, Rich Girl was originally a song about a, a guy from like their high school and they didn't like how it sounded saying like, you're a rich boy, you're a rich guy. And so there's like, well, what, would, what happens if we change it to the, the focal point as a female as opposed to a male? Like it, it was... Just something like that, and it's not as in-depth as writing from a female perspective, but the idea of just changing it up content-wise can change everything and give them a number one hit as opposed to a forgotten song. Yeah. Well, I think it's important. I mean, she didn't actually write Dorothea for herself. She thought it was going to go to Big Red Machine, which is um, Aaron Dressner and Justin Vernon's side project that they do. And then she heard the music that she ended up writing Tis the Damn Season for, and they just lyrically fit. So she kept <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. I'm here for it. I mean, they're all. I love this collaboration that we're seeing in this. I, for lack of a better phrase, think tank with Aaron Dressner and Taylor and Jack Antonoff and a little bit of Justin Vernon. I think you have like king of synthy pop, princess. I guess now queen of pop music, currently, and then this like alternative rock, sad boy, song. I like the I like the mix. I like to see what we get out of this collaboration and how it makes a full album. And on that, I think it's time for us to see where this journey is going to take us next. Oh, dice of the Taylor Swift Hold given on. to us from the Petruzielli. Where will we lead? Uh, we roll the dice every week. We figure out which album we're going to go to, and then by that, which song. Just by rolling the dice, Kate's pulling up the album list and song track list. And I think you're going into season three next week. Ah. <sighs> Season three. It's been 22 weeks already. Did 10 weeks, did 12 weeks. We had our biggest, biggest month. December was our biggest month. We had almost 900 downloads. That's yeah. great. The month before we had 478. It's all happening. It's all happening. A little bit of pixie dust. It's all happening. It's okay. all no. happening now. No. Ready? Yes. Seven. Love her. All right. Pull up that track list. That's nails, by the way. Those are my, uh, They were called my party girl nails. Party girl nails. Yep. Buff and file. Thanks, guys. 18. I'm going to guess there's not 18 songs on Lover. Daylight. Okay. There are 18 songs on Lover. Daylight. We're starting season three after. This is pretty apropos. We, we finished season two of the surprise head to head. We like a head to head now. Really into them. Double song content. We're so, going into season three with daylight. And quickly before we leave you, Sam, were either of these songs a shake? Mm. Jason, uh, I liked Dorothea more than I liked "Tis the Damn Season." I thought the it was lyrically better, and um, the tone of the song for me was better. A little more relatable. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm with Jason on this. I think that Tis the Damn Season was something I don't really enjoy with Taylor, which is the how many words can I fit into this line? 
Dorothy is a bit more evenly paced and breathier. Neither one are quite the shake that I want. I loved them both. That's good. That's good. (laughs) That's good. Good for you. Thankfully, neither of those were shake it off for me. (laughs) All right, guys. We will be back next week here on the Swift Talk with our third season. Third season, episode 23. And we will be here with Daylight off her Lover album, the first album that she owned all by herself. Yeah. That's great. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Make sure you are following, subscribed, rating, streaming. Help us get to 2,000 streams this month. Tell your neighbors. Run up to dogs. Tell everything that you can see. Help us out. Hey, I got to go. I need some liquid IV. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.